0: Moldy, moldy league on the light podcast bringing you the best of hip-hop all the time boom
1: back the light podcast for life people of the internet,
2: welcome to a new episode of the light as always now you know what
3: you know what john
2: you know what i'm tired of my government now, man. I think i'm gonna come up with something new you know what i'm saying
3: look, look, come on man well you gotta hit them with something you know something dope you know what i mean i
2: mean it worked for malcolm you know go I'm ahead saying? with it So, I don't know. I'm going to think on it, man. Our good friends over at SNRG, they got a creative name for me.
3: (laughs) I kind of heard that the other day. (laughs) And and to be honest, to be honest, I was really hoping that you were going to open the show with that name.
2: Well, that's the reason why I did this, man, because I kind of want to thank our our brothers over there at SNRG for even taking the time to come up with something creative like that. If you missed the show, uh, we were on the radio uh, 105.5, you know, one of one of the one of the Barrio brothers, I speak. He he referred to me as Scotch Chucker, <laughs> right?
3: dog oh, I was I was dying. Yeah,
2: and it's, it's funny to me, man, because you know as much traveling as I do, I think people have seemed to have the most trouble pronouncing my name. My name is Scott, S C O T T Scott, and everywhere I go is Scotch, like Scotch whiskey. You know what I mean? So I thought that was so funny, and also, obviously, you know the reference to uh, to coming to America, you know, sexual chocolate, Randy Watkins. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's kind of a concatenation of those two things, man. But you know, I could dig it, Scott Chocolate. Um, what about you, John? If you had to remove
3: your government name, what would it be? Well, you know, my I, I don't think I could ever remove my government name because I'm the fourth generation of my family and my son is the fifth so you know that's why i just like to keep it john l because plus there's a lot of johns in my family (laughs) for first names i mean so with that being the case you know Now, I did have a family nickname growing up. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I didn't. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's a family nickname, and it will remain a family nickname. (laughs) (laughs) But, nah, but I definitely dig the Scotch. I definitely dig the Scotch chocolate, man. I mean, because if you miss the show, uh, you can always go back and check it out. It's on our site. I like the Scotch chocolate. You know what I mean? Because you you produced, so it has that, you know, it has flavor to it, so... And if people haven't checked out the uh, updated website yet, www.thelikepodcast.com, check that out. Um, Scott has some of his scotch chocolate, has some of his beats out there that are definitely dope. But uh, scotch chocolate is uh, definitely in the house. So there we go.
2: And also further proof that, you know, Light Skin Brothers, we we making a comeback, man.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I don't consider it a comeback because I never left. You know what I mean? So... Oh, That's didn't for either. me, though. I didn't either. That's but, for me. I didn't yeah.
2: either. But, you know, Wesley Snipes and Denzel, they had it on lockdown for a little while, man. We, I used to get free Whoppers and free Big Macs and fries and all that. I couldn't <laughs> even
3: get that, man. Listen, bro. I, I, speaking just for myself, I didn't notice any slow-ups <laughs> from LB Shore to now. <laughs> Christopher,
2: Christopher Williams took my girl back in the day, Holly Berry oh man but all right here we go this is a new episode of the light and so um a lot going on this month john i want to kick this thing off the right way and say you know rest in peace sean price you know he passed away last year august 8th you know rest in peace Ruck. it was a huge loss for the hip-hop community man he was he was just one of them dudes man you know just a shocking loss and here we are a year later and it doesn't get any easier man but rest in peace my man
3: you know for me man i always like digging back you know what i'm saying so uh and since i always like messing with you about a thing or two do you do you know what album is uh about 11 years old today nah what is it Which one streets disciple Ooh,
2: i didn't know that not 11 years see that's the yeah.
3: thing Nas' nah, albums his work is timeless man you know. I know, man, right? Right? So you know I had to get that to you just because I know you always, you know, you're such a big Nas fan, but at the same time, you know, I got to give it and I got to take it away. So I just, you know, you you never responded, Scott, mm-hmm. you know, when I was getting at you offline okay. with respect to uh, what Nas had to say about putting uh, flour in his coat. You know? Oh, here we go. <laughs> so... You know, I just, I just really, you know, for those who don't know, uh, you can check out on uh, one of Nas's tracks on track nine. And he says those, those cats are broke because they put too much flour in their coke. So Scott, I just want to ask you where they, where they do that at, man.
2: Well, maybe that's it, right? Maybe, maybe that's, that's what it is. They're broke because they didn't mix the coke up properly. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe that's what he was trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, I
2: think <laughs> it makes perfect sense, man. Excuses. Mm-hmm. Perfect sense. And then since we're talking about Nas, Nas and Eric Badu just dropped an incredible song. I know. Yeah, yeah. A couple weeks ago, man. And um, the name of the song is "The Bitter Land." And if you go to the to the Facebook page, you'll see we posted it there right when it dropped, man. But it's an incredible song. It's part of a soundtrack for an upcoming, uh, an upcoming film release called *The Land*. Definitely check that out when it comes out.
3: The song is incredible, man. So, he is an incredible artist. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. I just, you know, I just gotta call him out from time to time, just simply because, you know, it's just, it's just stay in your lane, man. Just, uh-huh. just go ahead and spit the knowledge. You know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> you leave that. Wait, talk to
2: somebody else. You know what I, I mean? Feel you, I feel you. That's even it. even though I think my explanation was more than adequate, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget who Nas is, man. I think the lane that he's in is is, is perfect, man. He's a poet, right, But right. yeah, man. So you know, speaking of that, I mean, there's a lot of things happening uh, this month, man. I mean, we talked about Sean Price again, rest in peace. But I'm very excited, John. Very excited, man. There's an artist that we talk about quite often. Out of Brooklyn, Sky Zoo. He's collaborating with underground producer Apollo Brown. You know him from right. uh, the Ugly Heroes. They're collaborating. Right. Right. They're collaborating on a new album called The Easy Truth, coming out in September. Apollo Brown is one of those highly underrated uh, underground producers. The work he did with Ugly Heroes was was crazy. That's one of my favorite albums of the year, 2016. So I'm incredibly excited, man, for this new. Sky Zoo, Apollo Brown collab.
3: Real hip-hop ain't dead. And Scarface, again, is always bringing the love. He's always talking that real. He, again, went in on all these new so-called rappers. I'm not even gonna use this rapper's name because he wears freaking beads in his hair. I grew up through the 70s and the 80s. I remember when the little girls used to double dutch with the different color beads in their hair. You understand what I'm saying? And now to see a dude walking around, he, he wants to call himself a rapper. And want to try to go hard on all the other classic rappers talking about old niggas need to be quiet. Scott, did you hear that fool, man?
2: Yeah. I was waiting for you to finish. I actually have a lot to say about this and I think you'll be surprised at what I got to say. But wait, I'll, I'll let you finish and then I want you to hear me out.
3: He kept going in on the fact that we're not getting old hip hop back and hip-hop's changed, that's not hip-hop anymore, spitting the raw 16. And I can't even believe it. Mac. It's, it's hard for me to put in the words how stupid this cat sounded to me. And here's the simple reason why. Art builds upon itself. So while I understand hip-hop is going to have its ebbs and flows and changes, you cannot sit there and just shit on the whole history of hip-hop because no one's really feeling what you're doing right now except for bottom feeders and young kids. And once they really get into hip hop, they're going to leave you alone. These new artists today are not going to have careers like a KRS-One, like a Jay-Z, like a Nas, like a Ice-T. Half of them won't even get a sophomore. You understand what I'm saying? And if they get a sophomore, it might do 20% of what their freshmen did that double xl freshman class cypher was all right so you cannot then go on sway in the morning and get mad and talk about oh all the old heads need to be quiet you sound stupid without the old heads you wouldn't be able to get on the mic and just say as he said it i can say uh and the beat be turned, and so the whole thing be turned, and that's just you know and i get paid no if you don't understand why it is necessary to still spit a raw 16 then you're not hip-hop now
2: that is the perfect segue into what i'm about to say now my problem starts with the radio I saw the interview that you're talking about, and I'm gonna say his name: Lil Uzi, Lil Yachty, whatever the fuck his name is. They were on Hot 97 with Ebro Rosenberg, and that's one interview. The other one was the Sway in the Morning, and the other one was the the Breakfast Show One of Five Point One in New York. But the one I'm gonna talk about specifically is the Hot 97 interview with uh, Lil Uzi. And uh, Ebro is, I think he's, well, I thought anyway that you know he felt the same way that we did with regard to how hip-hop is being represented today. Got a huge problem with, man. And these young kids get up there and they start trying to tell us the one that's been, you know, living this lifestyle, you know, longer than they've been alive. And they call us old heads and and that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. My issue begins with how they classify the music that they're producing. I would have no problem with the music that Lil Uzi, Lil Yachty, Whoever else is making, as long as they don't call it hip hop, call it something else. Exactly. Call it drill. Call it you know trap. Call it whatever right. you want to call it. Just don't right. call it hip hop. And you know what? I have I give I give Lil Uzi respect for something that he said. He said, bro. He said, I'm not a, I'm not a rapper. I'm not hip hop. I'm a rock star. That's what he said to he bro. I'm a rock star. I'm not a rapper. And Ebro was like well let us determine if you're a rock or this or that and they keep going back and forth and then Ebro gave him a premiere beat to freestyle over and Lil Uzi he he bombed it it was disgusting it sounded retarded oh it's horrible, it's horrible. Sounded, it sounded ridiculous but he told Ebro I'm not a rapper I'm not a hip-hop artist he told him that and that's when like my thought process started to shift a little bit right and then Ebro and Rosenberg started to backtrack after that and they said well you're hot you're hot you know and, you know we both know that you're hot and i was like whoa i paused it we round it and sure enough ebro and rosenberg said it again you know you're hot we know you're hot you know what i'm saying you told us that you didn't want to you know do it over uh, a premiere beat so we gave it to you anyway to see what you're gonna do ebro and rosenberg know that this fool isn't hot my problem is becoming less and less about these these, these young kids that are, that are kind of redefining a new genre. And that's cool, I'm, I'm, nice, I'm, right. I'm fine with that, man. That's right. what that's what we did back in the day with hip hop. We branched off of, you know, that soul, that R&B, that funk, we, we branched away from it. We created and defined our own genre and called it hip hop. Now when I say we, obviously it wasn't me, it was our forefathers that did that. Right. But maybe that's what these kids are doing. And if that's what they are doing, hey, more power to you. Just stop calling that shit hip hop, man.
3: And the last point I want to make about that little kid, man. He's talking about we ain't spinning on boxes no more. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't, listen to me. That's one of the cornerstones of hip-hop, young man. Yeah, he was and if you don't, yeah. yeah, and if you don't understand that, stop calling yourself hip-hop.
2: Yeah, especially, you know what, it's like, it's like trying to fit a square in, in a in a round hole, you know? I mean, something as simple as reclassifying yourself or creating a new genre would solve all the problems. For me, for me. Like I said, my opinion don't mean shit to
3: nobody. If you look at the way hip hop started, hip hop didn't call itself Motown. That's my point, right? All right, hip hop didn't call itself rock and roll. They're bastardizing the term hip hop to capitalize on it. Now, when you think about who's in control of that, if you also tie into it, the imaging and the messaging behind, then we circle back around to its industry. That's why another reason why everyone is calling you out who was real and true to the game, right? You don't see one top level former hip hop artist saying anything in support of the current babble that's out there. But what you do here are the previous icons of hip-hop supporting the Kendricks of the world, the J. Coles of the world, the Sky Zoos of the world. You know what I mean? Just to name a few. And there are many, many more that are out there. This is hip-hop. In the four elements of hip-hop, you cannot mess with them.
2: You know, that's how we measure what this is about. And that's why I say, you know, if if that's the kind of music that you want to make, go ahead and make it, man. Right. Just right. Just call it something else. You know what I mean? That's all. So. I think this group that we're going to hit on for this episode represents what hip-hop is on so many levels cypress hill be real send dog and of course their legendary dj and producer you know dj Muggs. not to mention that they're you know one of the first you know latino you know hip-hop recording groups you know to go big time and to to win awards and, and and to go platinum and things of that nature but they made an incredible impact on the East Coast. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember the movie Juice. I'm just joking, of course. Nah. You remember that scene in Juice, man, where Q was was looking for Bishop and they ran upstairs in that in that apartment and they went that house party. It, right they were playing Cypress Hill. No doubt. Juice is it, it doesn't get more New York than Juice. That movie represents the East Coast in so many levels. And they had that Cypress Hill joint playing in the background of the house party. I mean, just to kind of show you the respect that Cypress Hill was getting on both coasts. Cypress Hill was so influential. And now the formation, you know, of Cypress and Chuck D, their, their new super group, Prophets of Rage. I mean, they just keep going, John. They just keep going. No doubt, man. You know, I no think doubt. I think this is this is one of the groups, man, that kind of defies region. It's not a New York thing. It's not a California thing. It's a hip-hop thing with them.
3: Cypress, you know, they just re-released their uh, debut album back in uh, July. If you look at the track list and then understand what we have been talking about through our politicking episodes, the track list of this particular uh, debut album fits right in with the theme of what's going on right now. You put in Cypress Hill right now today and the police brutality that's going on in the streets you're going to hear about in Cypress Hill. See, this is timeless hip hop that we're talking about. Where where you're sending a message that 20 years from now somebody will be able to put that in and say, not only do I remember and have fond memories of bumping that when I was younger, but that message still stands true today, whether it's good or bad. Right. Now, do I do I like the fact that police brutality still is you know around today? No, I do not. But there, but the messaging, the street reporter, that is hip hop. That is what this whole thing is all about. They brought a flavor of West Coast hip hop that at this time wasn't seen. No doubt. You know what I mean? At this time in 1991, you weren't, this wasn't the brand of West Coast hip-hop that you thought about when you heard West Coast hip-hop. And I was grateful for it because, to me, they kind of saved the West a little bit.
2: Cypress Hill, <laughs> y'all. Cypress Hill, real hip-hop. This is how we real get hip-hop. down on TLP. We talk about that real hip-hop.
3: We just finished talking about Rick Rubin, right? And I just want to really help people understand how organic this show is. And this is probably one of the reasons why we gravitated towards Cypress as well, Scott, unbeknownst to ourselves. What is the other big member of Prophets of Rage? Chuck D. Rage Against the Machine, Public Enemy, and Cypress Hill. So you figure Rick Rubin worked with Rage Against the Machine so when we broke down Rick Rubin we probably heard some uh, we probably you know what I mean saw a little bit of that Mm -hmm. and and this is just I mean that Prophets of Rage man that and they're on tour right now it is absolutely phenomenal so if they're coming to your city y'all got to check out Prophets of Rage you got because that's going to be a show that is going to be you know and I want to put it out there right now Chuck Prophets of Rage any of you cats want to come on TLP we got an open mic for you anytime, day or night. I don't
2: care you know what the I mean? topic Just, is. Yeah.
3: yeah, we don't care. Come on, sit down with us. You know what I mean? And let's chop up some real hip hop so we can keep sustaining this art form.
2: No doubt. You are listening to the Light Podcast, and can always reach us on Twitter at the Light Podcast or our Facebook page. Just search for the Light Podcast. Drop us a message. We always respond. We always show love. Now. A little knowledge for your brain. So
4: well, let's the punk a less take the blunt unquest that's slam a five a five punk on your desk. Just I oh, want your mess, this you got the bat, wetness, catch a hoe and another hoe. Merry Christmas. Yes, I smoke shit. Straight off the roach, clip a roach, shit, both the blind at once no approach.
2: All right, John, this is what's up, man. We have another uh, special guest with us here on The Light Podcast. Now, check it out, man. We've been we've been lining them up these past couple episodes, man. Last week, we had Killin from Philly. But this week, man, we got a real special treat for y'all. Fellas, what's up? This group called Amode Elite. What's good, fellas? Yeah. what's good?
5: What's, what's going, good, man? <laughs> hey,
2: hey we're, we're real excited. John and I are real excited to have you in the building. Um... But do me a favor guys, take us take us through what a Moldy League is. I mean, start from how you came up with the concept of the name and then get into who you guys are together as MCs.
1: So the name came about uh, a pretty, pretty recent. Uh, we were finally able to get out of the hole that we were in and, and purchase a home. And we moved into that home, you know, with with, you know all, all the positive vibes you can imagine just wanting things to work out and finally we got our own crib and things are gonna look good we're gonna build a studio and, yeah and uh yeah <laughs> sure enough we uh we move in and you know unbeknownst to us a pipe was broken in the walls so the pipe was slowly leaking into the walls and slowly but surely it started to roll out from under the walls into the bedroom and, and uh, you can imagine how that goes So it started to soak up the walls and the AC broke around the same time. So now you've got saturated walls with water and no AC. In the midst of that, we're trying to build the studio and all of this stuff is happening and we are faced with a major moldy leak in the house. I mean, major. (laughs) And in a nutshell, that's where a moldy leak was born. We had other names and then boom, a moldy leak presented itself. So we became a moldy leak.
2: I love it I love it So your names Moldy J and Leak One I mean obviously That's a playoff Of what the story You just That you just told us Right
1: Yeah a couple things I would say I, I'm a, I'm a graph artist And Leak. You know uh, Leak One Was my graph name Already Before the leak Actually happened And Moldy Was
0: actually What was it Vicious J or J Vicious Uh J Vicious Was like the whole Music name And uh moldy came from my my xbox gamer tag nice. which is i feel so moldy and then i was like i'm gonna be moldy J, and you're already leaked that's dope he's like all right leak one moldy
1: J and leak one a moldy leak and mind you the moldy and the leak was before the chaos in the house so it was just yeah, like completely perfect it was just meant to be right, right.
2: i guess <laughs> how did you guys meet i mean who are you guys to each other
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one a moldy. Go ahead, Jay. All right, So, you know, the whole the whole story moving in and, and all that, how we married, we got the same name, it's all pretty weird, right? <laughs> um, well, we're actually father and son. So and this is our first time finally like actually living together for the first time. Um, so I lived with my mother all my life. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We I, I left school, started homeschooling and pursued music. Wait a minute, you gotta jump
1: cool. on in. Let me jump let me jump
0: on in real quick and, and just and, and shine that up.
1: Okay. So he was in a bad situation going worse with his mother. I had been fighting for years to get him on my side. You know, and we were always getting together whenever we could and freestyle and battle each other and write rhymes and and any chance that we could, because it was just this thing that we had, you know, whenever we got together we just wanted to rap. And we're talking about Moldy was five years old, freestyling in the car with me. To Nas beats, to Dilla, to shit like that, back in the 90s, you know what I mean? I was, I was bumping golden era into this kid. And I'd play the instrumentals and we freestyle in the car and forgive me, everybody's got their dirt, you know? I was running dope back and forth. I had to do what I had to do. Moldy's sitting in the car with me, uh, rolling dirty. Doing what we gotta do to try to, you know, make ends meet, cause I had all these court costs and all this other crazy shit. And I was trying to take him from his mom. And I mean, it was it was insane. But in the end, when we came together, we found our peace with all the chaos. You know, the families falling apart, everything. We found our peace in that rap.
2: So hold on, man. And art. Let me let me let me interject with something real quick, man. Uh, that shit is hip hop like a motherfucker, man what you just (laughs) said that story is crazy man i love it i absolutely love it forgive me
1: forgive me and i I didn't mean to throw the the drug thing out there i don't want to paint myself as a bad dad but i had to do what i had to do man like moldy was sitting on kilos rolling with me deep you know what i mean and whatever it was that that blessed our path you know that that took care of us to get through it just made it happen it made it work you know and and it's hip-hop as fuck but to me this is hip-hop as fuck you can't get more hip-hop than this right hell no and i'm not shitting on nobody else don't get me wrong (laughs) i'm not shitting on, Mm -hmm. but man you know like this this we we brought this up from from the dirt together and this is my seat
2: that's real man you don't have to apologize for shit man that's real right there man and you know as as john and i talk about and i'm sure you probably heard it on our past episodes hip-hop was born from the struggle man you know, I already know that you guys are perfect for this show, man, because we talk about it constantly, man. You know what I'm saying? But but there's a story. There's a there's a message behind what you guys are bringing, man. Um, no doubt. I love it, man. So I got one more question before I turn it over to John. I don't want to manipulate and, you know, monopolize this conversation, which I always do, man. But where are you guys from? I mean, geographically and regionally. Where are you guys coming from, man?
1: Born and raised in Dade County, the Dirty Dirty. Okay. <laughs>
2: okay, down south. That's Florida for all you podcast listeners out there. Miami. Yeah, people's. Miami. Yeah. Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. That's what's up, man. A lot, of, a lot of great music coming out of Miami, man. So I'm sure you guys have a lot of influences. Uh, we'll hit on that pretty soon, man. But but John,
3: man, what you got, man? Well, my question is uh, for Modi. You know, growing up under your dad and seeing his transformation, how did that affect you?
0: Uh, man, like there's is all sorts of growth between the two of us and I think you know we both like grew up together I grew up uh, really fast for I, I would think so I think you would agree as well um, just because of a lot of things that were going on and uh, just kind of got my head straight pretty young but there was all sorts of hurdles and shit and but regardless of what was going on or regardless of if he was, you know, if you could say he's fucking up or whatever, he's, he's always straight and he always stood by me and, and took care of what he had to take care of. So I, I've never had a negative image of him in my mind, even when other people are, like, telling me stuff, you know? E- even through, throughout everything, it's, it's like I'm just proud of him, you know? I'm just proud of him, and I'm proud we got where we are, yeah. and we finally get to, to pursue what we, what we want to do. Uh, you an asshole okay. making me cry over here. Ah, uh, see, see,
3: see, that's alright, because I think a couple episodes ago, I was dropping some tears, so it's, so it's all good, you know what I mean, like I tell my son, when uh, tears come out of our eyes, man, all that, for men, all that is, is excess adrenaline, no doubt. it just has to escape, you know what I mean, it's just, it just has this to escape, game. it just has that's to escape, it just has to escape, you know, but with that being said, Lee, now, you guys, your rhyme style is that hardcore, boom, bap back, back in the day, Do you think that came from more of what you like to listen to? Or do you think that was born from the way you and Modi used to battle? Because that serve and volley, the way you guys get down, is so reminiscent of that late 80s run DMC, that
1: hardcore boom back, that Rick Rubin we just
3: did an episode.
1: I'm going to say both because the instrumentals, since that's all I had was instrumentals from my mixtapes or, you know, when I would jam to my PF Cutting or my Tony Touch, they would, they would throw, you know, little two minute, one minute instrumentals, uh, I'd record off Saturday Night Funk Box and, and get the instrumentals from there. So the, the music, the, the stew was golden era, was boom bap, was that hip hop. So that was what we—the beats we were freestyling to. But the volley back and forth—you're absolutely right. That is just from years of hammering back and forth, back and forth, that we just developed that. You know, we could do it. And 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 actually, the real cool shit about it is we can do it freestyling, uh, where we can kind of right. look at each other and tell. You know, with with a, a movement of my face or my hand or where my voice is going, and he can pick up right behind me. No, nothing written now, we're talking about freestyle. So, you know, it's just it was just forged, man. Years of, of of forging this blade, getting this blade nice and sharp. Uh, but to answer your question, I think it would come from both. It came from both, from the music and then from the constant bam, bam, the back and forth battling over the beats. All
3: right, now uh, Lee, I got another question for you, man. You say that you're a graph artist, right? Yes, sir. All right, I need a location, because I know you have one. What is the location of your sickest graph? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know uh, you have a name. I know you have the exact latitude and longitude for that joint. So and a and a picture. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple pictures. Uh, so, well, so I, I, got, I definitely graph. got
1: pictures. I, I definitely got pictures. Um, every piece I did, I poured my heart into it. You know what I mean? Always, always just dump my heart into it. Don't don't
3: give me the political correct. I'm talking. No about no no. One, I, I'm talking the about when you stepped back from and was like that right there. If I die, that's what I want them to remember me by.
1: <laughs> oh okay. Well, fuck. If there's okay. one, uh, that would be the Alapata clown that I did with uh, with Kato and Zim. Uh, back in the day, it's an area of Miami that's it's called Alapada rough as fuck, right off the of, right off the highway. Um, I mean, the cops do not even go to the. Still there? The the area is, but that piece is gone, man. <laughs> that piece is long gone. Okay. What we did is we did a, a huge three-story piece. Uh oh, Basically, okay. the the city gave us uh, the go-ahead to do the piece, but. We know, we, we presented with one thing, but we wanted to do something different. So they were expecting something very uh, light and fluffy. And what we actually did is we took the clown from IT. So the clown from IT was creeping out the background with the teeth and the blood, and the nails and everything. And uh, we just designed some planets and the planets had all this sticky glue and it was dripping. And then it said, uh, 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 it had katozine, it had uh, sight under it because I was sight at the time, C-I-T-E and uh the clown was actually coming after a baby the baby was crying holding its teddy bear in a blanket running away from the clown and oh, then wow. it in the in the piece it actually said uh uh nightmares it was nightmare on Allapata, or nightmare in Alapada. or the nightmare of Alapada is what it was so that's, that's dope yeah, yeah yeah they they they, they they bulldozed that wall man
5: <laughs>
2: oh
3: wow wow man. Well, it, it, well, it, it, well i hope somebody got a picture of that one man i really i really hope yeah, yeah we actually found it we found Somewhere one on the internet yeah oh yeah God. we
2: found one can you send that to us we will post it on that fan page
3: today yes. Yes sir. yes yes sir yes sir wow that is crazy now scott i know you always talk about the four elements of hip-hop so right now we have let me recount we already have the graph we have the boom bap and we have the serving volley. Scott, what's next? Oh,
2: the dancing, you know what I mean? I'm sure you guys get down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> used to. <laughs> well, used to, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to break. Uh, moldy used to break. Um, I, I used to be in the rave scene here. It was. The racing was pretty huge in Miami and, and they would play brake beats. It was the only place you could go and actually listen to electro brake beats. And some people would wear, you know, their their glow sticks and, you know, whatever and us cats, we went in windbreakers, kangos, you know, shell toes, legit. I mean, we got pics of the shit and we would get down in the pit and just throw down. And it would basically be like, you see these movies that they have today where you got, you know, 30 people in a pit and all this music and that shit was actually happening like from one o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock in the morning at a place called Revolutions or it used to be called The Edge and we would go out there and it it literally it was it started out just people battling and then crews started to develop and then people started wearing they started bringing back the windbreakers with the with the old english letters on the back you know what i'm saying and everybody had their names and it was every weekend battle battle get get fucked up in battle get fucked up in battle and that was it for a minute and then the years start to take its toll on your cartilage and your bones and shit, and you can't spin on your head like you used to but
2: yeah, <laughs> listen to you guys. You guys are so authentic. It's ridiculous, man. So I, we got to keep this interview rolling, man. I got so many questions for y'all, man. You mentioned Windbreaker. You mentioned Windbreaker, and so that's a perfect segue into my next question. And that's we're gonna start getting into your music and what, uh, and what drew us to you guys uh, in the first place. I couldn't wait to talk to you guys about this track, this track Windbreaker. So I must have listened to that ten times. Thank you. The first thing I want to say, man, is. I can tell that you guys take this serious. When I say this, I'm talking about the art form. You guys take your position in hip hop very serious, man. And um, I appreciate y'all for that, man. I appreciate y'all for that. That was a very responsible, a very courageous track, very deep track for you guys to attempt. And you pulled it off, man. If I could just quote some of the things that you guys are talking about in that, in this track. Please. You, said, you said, in a world full of color, how is it that the spectrum is so limited
0: man who's right who wrote that man that's moldy right, that's, me. Right. that's moldy that's moldy
2: bro that's incredibly deep right
1: there man i see actually which i think what you're looking for is that it's incredibly grown yeah. for a 17 year old yeah absolutely
2: the fact that Thanks, you can man. the fact that you can see that
0: you know a lot of shit that was just popping off like that we're all seeing on media right which is it's it's becoming a conversation now because there's just everyone's got access to a camera and instant you know right. internet live video streams all sorts of shit so it's it's hard to hide the the dirty stuff that happens um but besides that you know i I'm from Miami it's it's a melting pot you know I definitely don't have straight white friends I've got friends of all sorts of nationalities and shit and you know growing up in that and also you know bouncing from our schools to being a skater and and, uh, not being home ever always being out on the road and shit hopping from friends houses and stuff that it's a lot of experiences and stuff like that it's like um, I'm very, uh, you know, it, I don't like to use the term because I think people use it almost as a fad these days, but I feel like I'm pretty fucking woke. Um, and, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of bullshit going on in this. There's no reason for it. And it definitely, it, it affects me when, you know, I'm having that conversation with one of my homeboys who's, who may be, experiencing that more and we're just you know look him in his face and be like yo like how is this affecting you you know like like what the fuck bro Mm -hmm. and it's like it's crazy like to have that conversation and and you know little things come out stuff that you didn't know about things that they experience you know like different different adversities and just in general, like the type of shit that you thought was over and it's just not, you know, I look white as fuck, but I'm Hispanic. Um, I've dealt with it a little bit, but, you know, it's definitely, it's not the same. And I don't know, I, like like you said, we're, we're very authentic and it's just, I, I felt like I have a reason to, to say it and to speak on, on just people's behalf. And, you know, however people feel about it, people feel about it.
2: I love that answer, man. You woke as fuck. That's dope hip-hop thank you man that's that's where this shit came from man and that's that's everything that you know i was hoping that i would hear from you guys man um so i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw some more at you i'm gonna throw some more at you and i want you to talk about where this came from because i I just can't get off this track man for sure you said uh it's not a civil war call it's been done before
0: it's um the lyrics were uh, If not a civil war core has been done before All through history It's right. obvious But clouding minds is missing me mm-hmm. Which is basically The line before that was uh, the ch- uh, Change gotta start at the top Which is You know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying If things don't start at the top nothing's gonna get better and we're gonna rebel and it's gonna be civil war quarrel it's been done before all through history it's obvious but clouded minds talk that talk Talk preach that that shit
1: preach that shit moly yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah talk that talk sir that's what i'm
2: saying man there's a message there's there's a message there's substance behind this man so I know that you got to have issue with some of the bullshit that you hear in commercial hip hop or what they're calling commercial hip hop It's almost like white noise for me. But when I hear tracks like this, when I hear lyrics like this, I gravitate towards it man, because I'm pulling something from it, whether it's from my own experience, you know, I'm kind of almost in the moment living through your experience. I mean, it's, it's dope. It's dope, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. Like I said, I can't get off this track, man. First, you said spread love to our sisters and brothers. Stand up and fight for one another. And then you go on to say an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Better look in the mirror and work on who's inside. And then you went on to say it's corny that motherfuckers think it's corny to be about peace and vibes. Well, that's probably right. that, that's probably some of the realest shit i've heard in a long time right there man
0: man i'm i'm glad that you think so i i wrote that shit and i'm like i'm just gonna say it and i hope someone hears that and is like man for fucking real yeah like <laughs>
2: yeah man i mean it's 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 honestly it's a it's an honest question yo why do people think it's corny to be about peace you know i mean hopefully you know and that's kinda of where hip hop, I mean, you know, Leek, John, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that's where hip hop was born from, that struggle, that rage against, you know, the yes scene, sir. You know what I'm saying? And the fact yes that sir. you at 17, you know, you know, Leek, I mean, I gotta throw it to you, man. I mean, you said it way in the beginning of the interview, you was introducing him to hip hop, the Nas, the Dilla, you know what I mean, the Run DMC and all that. I mean, you did a damn good job,
1: my man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I tried to instill in him what felt right to me and, and what I wanted to carry on and and just give something to him for him to carry on. Around that time, hip-hop was starting to, to, to... Hip-hop never faltered, but just, just hip... I'm just gonna say, hip-hop itself started to get pushed back. In in the, at the end of 99, 2000, 2001, this shit started to happen. Like, I, start, I saw the transition. I watched it go from hip-hop, forgive me, to shit. Okay, because hip-hop is still there. No doubt. This is shit. This is some other shit that's happening right now that's covering hip-hop. Because whenever somebody tells me, yeah, hip-hop, and they mention some of these artists, I stop them real quick, because that's not fucking hip-hop. Don't speak that bullshit to me. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm real passionate yeah. about it. Yeah, I instilled it in my kid like a Bible, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't let this other bullshit get in the way, because these cats aren't about nothing. They're not saying nothing. And half of them, you run up on them, and they ain't got shit. They're gonna hoe up and run away from you, mm-hmm. cause they're not living ah. what they're about. It's not real. It's not real, man. Don't let them fucking lie you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Studio fucking prankster. Hey Jay, that's the whole saying, boy. That's <laughs> The no, studio no. wankster, studio prankster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, I just instilled that, and and I, I honestly like being straight up with you cats I was doing it because I loved it and it felt good it wasn't like just oh I have to this is a a mission that I'm on it just felt good you know what I mean and he's my best friend you could ask anyone who knows me like I'm up and down with him people I roll everywhere with this cat you know what I mean so it just it, it felt like the right thing to do and boom something beautiful came out of it so
2: I got something for you too, man. I got something for you too. So you guys dropped a new track not too long ago called Gas, right? Right. I'm going to quote one more for you. I'm, I got two. I got two. I got two in the queue. I'm going to start with this one. So we be the cynical miracle whipping your ass in lyrical fashion. Yes, sir. but see the poetry, you know, the whole concentration and emphasis on lyrics. But that's what this is. That's, that's what this is all about, man. It's it's crazy production, and then you got you know gems like this riding on top of it, man. So, just real quick before I throw it to John, I mean obviously lyrics are important to you guys, man. But you know, how do you guys marry the two? Where do you get your concepts from?
1: Well, like we're gonna sit down and make a song. I'll, I'll I'll walk you through it. We we get in the studio because we live in the studio. It's in our house, so we're always in the studio. And one track ends and we're, all, you know, already thinking about the next track. And it's basically Moldy's beats are what's driving us, if that makes any sense. Perfect. He's able to pull the emotion from the center of my chest and and bring this, bring the heat. You know what I mean? Make me. It makes me bring the fucking heat. And the ideas just kind of come up, you know, they just kind of happen. There is no big planning. There is no sit down and write down on paper. There's just us chilling, smoking out. You know, we'll we'll have a session and then we'll just talk about shit and stuff will kind of spawn from there. Graph, we're drawing and then we start talking about, oh, yo, what about this? And what about doing this? And, And that's how it happens. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not more intricate, but that's
3: that's dope. That's <laughs> yeah, because
1: that's organic. Yeah, and no just doubt. I everything else yeah, I just like... I feel bad. I feel bad because it's not like I see some cats that like sit down and they break everything down. And I mean, more power to them. But I mean, this is this is how we do it. I mean, I work my ass off. Um, that's what you do. You know, that's what you do for what you for what you love. My job is my grind for my passion, which is this label or not, check or not. I don't give a fuck. We're gonna keep drilling this shit. People are going to fucking hear us whether they like it or not. They're going to hear us. And to be honest with you guys, like I got into the production and working the beats and whatever, but I got to keep a job. You know what I'm saying? I got to support. I got moldy. I got the baby. I got wifey. And I'm the only one working right now. So to be straight up with you guys, Windbreaker, all these tracks you've heard like the past four or five, six, that 17-year-old moldy with no musical schooling, he sat down with drive and decided to learn motherfucking Ableton. Most of those beats you heard were all made on intro. You
3: know, I'm just gonna throw this out to both you guys because one of my favorite tracks that you guys have done and I'm glad Scott didn't take it, uh, was a uh, feeling, you know? I really, I really oh. think... Lee, you come in so hard, man. And I, wanted talk... it, man. Uh, I wanted to wreck it, man, I
1: wanted to wreck it. Man,
3: you came in so hard with that. And at the end of your verse you talk about cats can't run with they tight ass jeans on and <laughs> moody you come up and you scoop that line straight up and you ran with it tell me two things to start off first the location shoot for this joint with the graphs in the background where's that
0: we're out in, in you know winwood But we started in one spot, we're we're local to that area, so it's like we basically get ourselves to a checkpoint and then we just fucking explore, but the area would just be Wynwood and Wynwood in Miami, you know? But let, let me just
1: tell them, that area is considered the art district. To give you guys an idea, it's a huge fucking borough that is completely graffitied from top to bottom sidewalks walls businesses cars fire hydrants fucking cups a can on the floor everything has graph (laughs) the whole area is graph but they allow it the outside it was a way yeah yeah the schools everything even the chain link fences the little links have fucking graph on them everything is graph so they they kind of made that area so they could control the graffiti because the graffiti was getting fucking out of hand. It's just it was it's the hood. Winwood is the hood. You went to Winwood back in the day to cop rocks or get a prostitute. You know what I mean? Now, nah, no, man, you got it's a still bad. Shop. You go a
0: couple blocks over, it goes from like oh nice art to oh shit, where the, how the fuck did I end up here?
1: Yeah, man, that's the location. It's it's actually the art district of, of Winwood. That's
3: crazy, yo. That is so outstanding that you know, that area allows the graph artists to come in and just be themselves and express their art form. Because let's just be honest, all four of the building blocks, the hip hop, are all individual um, art forms that have all come together and formed Voltron, this thing we call hip hop. Mm -hmm. So I love how you guys keep it so legit and just 100% hip hop authentic to the culture by bringing in those elements through your lyrics, through your uh, visuals, with your videos. I mean, your beats, the whole nine yards, you are infusing all four elements of hip-hop, man. And that's why real cats, as Scott and I always say, real recognize real. And you know what I'm saying? You're looking quite familiar over there. And I like the fact that you're talking about things that are your reality as a 17-year-old young man. You know, of course, you're much wiser than what your age dictates. However, your your life experiences haven't jaded you so much where you just still can't, enjoy the little fruits of life at your young, tender age. And I like that, man, that you show that duality within your lyrics that serious wisdom side as well as that you know hey we can have a little fun and you know leak he's just leak leak i just gotta say man how many bowls of cheerios did you eat for this joint man because you just came through this whole track just wrecking it tell me tell me about that <laughs> mindset Are you do you guys remember the bugs bunny joint and the uh and and what's his name the the crusher he flexes, and all of his clothes disintegrate off him and everything. Uh, tell in, the, me, in the boxing room? you talk on about in the boxing yeah, room? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he flexes, and the shirt just turns to dust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, thank so, you, man. I, I try I try to do that. I try to do that. It's real, you know? I don't ghostwrite for Moldy. He don't ghostwrite for me. This shit that comes. We, we're really doing this. We live it. We're about it. So I love when, you know, when people want to talk about lyrics cuz I, I really, you know, I dedicate to myself to my rhymes, to being a poet.
6: Of the light. Lost
1: touch, homie. Now you wanna go if you baloney. So phony, acting stuck up. Listen to the barrels right now and get, get the fuck up. I'll walk your ass up out of my space and get replaced with a simple little book placed over your face. Paper chase non stop at the cost, disgrace. You've been the face with no chance to reopen the case. A safe face, you look to God, but he's searching for Mace. Good love.
2: So before we wrap the interview up, man, uh, what I want you guys to do is give our listeners an idea of where they can find you on social media, where they can go to get your music and and learn more about Amoldy Leak.
0: You can follow us on SoundCloud at Amoldy Leak, Twitter at Amoldy Leak, Facebook at Amoldy Leak, Tumblr at Amoldy Leak. It's all at Amoldy (laughs) Leak. Instagram, all the same shit, Um, and, you know, Facebook and Twitter will be where we're posting most often, and then music-wise, it's all going to be on SoundCloud.
1: And yeah. and and if you look in your crib real real close under the sink <laughs> right behind the pipes You'll find yourself a moldy leak somewhere. So you guys yeah. are,
2: you guys are just everywhere there <laughs>
1: Everywhere all over the damn place,
2: but I got to say I like your vibe. I like your vision I like your artistry. It's, it's it's dope. It's creative. It's clever And I think it's definitely what what hip-hop needs keep doing what you do We definitely checking for you and um, you always got a platform here at the light podcast brothers thank you so much for coming through
3: let's just do what we do and that's three minus four
0: hey Shouts out to The Light Podcast, man. More DJ, you're about to kick it slow. Listen, listen, yeah. I'm about to kick it slow, though. Somewhere out in
4: Pompano, killing it in Soul Flow. You can find me house kicking in the dojo. Showing off my awesome powers, reeking in my mojo. Yeah, bringing you the heat, piss the ozone, ay. I was one of a kind, there's no clone, no. Listening to my shit, you hit replay. No, it ain't a game, but I do free roll. <laughs> Is
1: Roman. Motherfuckers, no, we coming through coming with bullets, no, way we lyrical, imperial, burn you like venereal. We serious, you cereal, we breaking down your minerals and cleaning your materials like Scott B. I'm born with the beats so readily, we heavenly, and carry lyrics like there was weapon.
4: You John Wayne, we John Lee, attacking from all lights. Yeah, high-beam shit like LEDs, walking with the light to defeat all enemies, thinking of my lines and threes like Trinity, and I'm when if you're listening, you're feeling me. I dive inside, I let the demons start to arise. We serving beef like five guys, you just small fries. So dirty, we
1: riding deep with 305 on my mind. Got these girls shaking the bacon, taking all of my time. Woo.
0: <laughs> these dirty birds, man. John Scott, these dirty birds, man. <laughs> Scott's chocolate on the beat. T-L-P-A-M-L. Boulevard, Olbert, Rennie's Balloon Shop and the building next to the location. Suspects are seen climbing out of both windows, male Hispanic and a possible male black.
5: They have a, vehicle, a van parked in front the location. <laughs>
6: They're just listening to the words that they say, you know, obscenities or, you know, things like that, but they don't realize what, what's in between those words, what the meaning of the songs are. And I think they need to get more information and ask us what we're writing about. We write about the things that we've been through in our lives, you know what I'm saying? And and a lot of the things we've been through ain't so pretty, you know, and um, we're trying to give kids the reality that if you if you, you have two choices you can go right or left if you go to the right and you live your life humble and you don't bother nobody nobody will bother you things happen anyway you know or you can go to the left and lead to the the violent lifestyle that some of us have led in this business you know so you don't see your music as advocating violence no we're trying to make you realize that this is how it happens this is how a kid gets let into it. We're trying to show you, not glorify it, not condone it.
2: fellas here we go we're gonna get into you know cypress hill just like we talked about during the intro now you know if we were gonna sit here and talk about the history of a group like cypress hill we would need literally like another three episodes to get it all in the amount of time it would take to do that man you're talking 14 albums endless collaborations not even talking about their whole thing you know their whole affiliation with soul assassins their whole Prophets of Rage, you know, uh, a group with, you know, super group with uh, Public Enemy. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. No doubt, no
3: doubt.
2: It just goes on and on, man. But it all starts right here. The debut album, Cypress Hill, track one, Pigs, it's talking about corruption in police. It's just a thread that's so common, especially with the community's response to what's going on right now. I mean, the relevance of this track here—it just—it just can't be overstated. Moldy and Lee, I mean, you guys chose this track as 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 the first one that you guys wanted to be part of. Just real quick, I mean, tell us why you chose this one.
1: Man, this is uh, this is pretty insane. It's just crazy how you've got a song that was about something over 20 years ago. Uh, and here we are in the future now experiencing the same bullshit So it wasn't like they were just talking to talk about pigs You know, what I mean they were legit living this shit. There just wasn't as much I think social media to be out there to see it right now. We motherfucking see it
5: mm-hmm.
0: Shit's changed, but you know nothing's really changed It's <laughs> there's, there's the message was there man. a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. there's been progression, but if you can listen to that which is already so past its time and there's like so like there's been so much years and progression and you think there would be you know like a whole new era but you listen to it and just like we were saying earlier it applies perfectly right now um no there's a lot to be said about that, you
2: know. No doubt. I mean, I remember when this track first came out. I mean, there was I remember there was so much outrage, right? I mean, I can see how tracks like this could cause outrage for those that are on the outside looking in.
1: Oh basically yeah, people were mad. People shit. were yeah. bad. No, nah, and and the <laughs> fact the that you were going after space, cops, yeah. you know, at, <laughs> yeah, that, at you that, know. that time there wasn't a lot of a lot of media, so it was just basically hearsay. And you know, uh, you say fuck pigs, people are like, nah, fuck you. You know what I mean? How are you gonna talk about you know the cops that way? Cause they're not seeing it. Right now they're seeing it. Now they're eating their fucking words. You right. know what I mean? You right. can't hide this shit. Nah. Now listen, What's it's up? even it's even gotten to the point where they're putting videos out where cops are pulling. Especially, okay, this kills me. They're pulling over, they're pulling over blacks, stopping them, and then telling them, you know, we pulled you over, and you see these people's faces freaking the fuck out. And when they go, no officer, what? Shaking. Oh, you're not, you shouldn't be driving around without an ice cream cone. And they literally, they, they just go and hand the couple or the people, whoever in, in the car, they give them an ice cream cone. Oh, I saw that. For media. For media. Yo, hey, forgive me, but fuck you a hundred fucking times. What kind of petty-ass shit is that? How about good policing? How about being fucking honest? How about living up to what you're supposed to do, which is serve and protect, not fucking kill us all?
0: No, it's just like you know the initial you you see it and you're like oh well, that's that's positive it looks good but you know the whole whole response video to it was just that that's all it is and the idea behind just to remind us that cops are human and mm-hmm. you know like they're they're just like us they they make mistakes not all cops are bad but you know it's it's I think people just tend to forget that it, it works both ways just like you can't tell what cops. Good, what caused bad.
2: No doubt. You know what? It's interesting that you bring that up, man. And I think it speaks directly to the message that, that Cypress was 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 delivering with this particular track here. If you if you if you notice, know if you dig into the lyrics, they were very careful about who they were speaking about. They weren't talking about the good Ridiculous. cops. Right? They weren't talking about them. They're talking about these corrupt motherfuckers, right? And um they're going in, giving you specific examples, you know, talking about the police chief, the narcos, and everything like that, and what they feel about them. And I think, you know. That was the appeal to Cyprus, man. It, it speaks to everything that you guys were just saying.
0: I agree. They they called it out. You know, they were foot
1: soldiers down there in the dirt living it, seeing it, ducking mm-hmm. those bullets, man. They were basically, you know, writing it up see, for, for everybody else to be able to see it and hear it. But, you know. Who was going to listen to and a bunch of gangster rappers talking about shooting cops? No doubt, man.
3: But isn't that what hip-hop is all about, though? Hip-hop Absolutely. is all about street report right on. It's all about That's that right. street reporter. So what you That's see it. here with Cypress Hill is they are bringing that truth, and they're illuminating it. Because let's just be honest, CNN wasn't hanging out in the hood.
1: The street report that they gave for, for me in that time with what I was doing, because... I had to do what I had to do, you know I mean? I chose a certain life and, and that's the path that I was riding on and I listened to the music and the music basically gave me information and what to do and what not to do in situations. That street report protected me from different rappers who followed the same kind of pattern, you know what I mean? Real hip hop to me, like you said, reporting what's happening you know, talking about what's on the scene, what's right now, what could fucking happen to you. Yo, duck him like this, move like that. Hey, that shit to me was a fucking Bible. I walked through life like that. I never got locked up. I mean, I'm not saying I'm cocky, I'm arrogant. No, but I followed the code. I didn't get cased up. I didn't get bodied. And shit could happen. But for me, at least, that was my code of the street. That's how I walked through life with that street report. It's another
4: one of them old pokies, Cypress Hilton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it goes like this. Hey, don't miss up. I want you passing. You're missing the hoodah. i the funky bootah. I I'm your fucked up styles again.
2: See the track here cypress you know how i could just kill a man this was literally their intro to the hip-hop universe you know what i mean this is this is the first time i think all of us heard cypress hill and you know did the who the hell are these guys question i mean i don't know about you guys man but they are just straight up outlaws that's
1: that's the right word for it they are they are yeah, no street doubt. sweepers man
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean digging into the lyrics i mean they, they really let you into You know what their mentality was specifically be real you know what i mean time for some action just a fraction of friction i got the clearance to run interference into your satellite i mean i don't think he can make it any clearer than that it don't take much for him to get set off (laughs) and then like you know playing off the title to the track i mean he goes on to give you very specific examples of when it's acceptable in their world to handle business like that i mean he talks about the home invasion He talks about some fool trying to steal his ride. I mean, I'm not gonna call the police. I'm gonna handle it myself. And I think, you know, he appealed to the fan base, their growing fan base in that manner. I mean, they, you know, they just kept it to the streets. And I think that that was what their appeal was.
3: No doubt, man. And I love how uh, Verse 2 opens up with DJ Muggs. Oh, hell yeah. Because that was kind of, you know, a little bit of my persona right there. I'm ignoring all the dumb shit. You know, Mm -hmm. yo, because I bet it's becoming from it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, all that, you're flapping your gums, as Leek was saying, just stay over there with that because as soon as you step up and try to get physical, then it's all over. I'm going to waste no time fucking around my got straight humming, (laughs) humming coming at you. And you know I had to gotcha. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. So, basically, you know, keep all that noise over there unless you want to get serious. Because I ain't about all the dumb shit. Yeah, it was a way to let you in oh, the day in the yeah. life, man.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly, man. Exactly. So, Leek and Modi, this is the track that you guys chose. Just real quick. Why this one, man?
0: Well, I think it's it's kind of a interesting. Almost like like you said, it, the topic and the, the hook is how people aren't understanding how he has the ability to just kill a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you have to be conscious of it and you know what you're doing. You end the life, that's it. The life's gone. There's, there's a lot to that. Um, and it, you know, I thought it was a kind of a cool track, especially after Pigs, because Pigs is like the ultimate corruption of foot soldier uh, in, infantry. And then you got The Street Kid, who's just as trigger happy, you know, also dangerous, you know, probably a little sideways and shit like that and I, I just thought it was really interesting and, and regardless besides that on a musical note i think this is my favorite song on on the album mm-hmm. um and it's just it's hard and yeah i think it's a dope ass track
2: you know what man it's interesting you say that man i mean one of the one of the things that appealed to me most about cyprus was that just like you said they weren't glorifying the violence right you know playing off of pigs right they were kind of they were they were letting you in to their lifestyle, letting you see it through their lens, talking about the police, right? They weren't talking about the good right. police, they were talking about the corrupt, the bad. And then you right. come and then you come into this track, how I could just kill a man. They're not glorifying the violence. They're not saying go out there and kill. They're saying, listen, in, in our life, right. This, this, right. Is, this is how things are done. You know, whether or not you agree with it or not is irrelevant. You know what I'm how saying? How we live. Exactly. Right. This is this is how we live, and these are the circumstances that lead to that and then they gave um, it. Right, they give you specific examples. He's obviously, you know, he's he's regretting it. He's writing a song about it. You know what I'm saying? But he's like, "Look, this is right. this, this is the way it is, man."
1: You know what I'm saying? No, I even listen on on the regret note. You can That's even take point. it and, yeah. and say, "Yeah, you can even take it and say this is something you can't understand." Right. You can't understand how I could just kill a man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're living in that little closed life. You don't understand this shit that I'm going through. How I can just end somebody's fucking life. A human that's that's walking this universe, you know, breathing. Mm-hmm. I can take that boom from them in two seconds.
2: You know, this is what I have to do where I live, this is what I have to do to survive right here. This is what I it's gotta do. It's not mindless.
1: Yeah,
3: you don't get it, but this is how I gotta do it. Right, right. Well let's well let's look at what was going on in nineteen ninety-one though. I mean, you had that crack tsunami running through LA like it was crazy. So between Freeway, Ricky Ross, you got the Iran Contra uh, affair just pushing that crack cocaine. Everything was popping off at that time. He's telling you, you don't even understand what my mind goes through to put me in that position where I can take somebody's life like that. Would you call the one time, play the role model? No, I think you play like a thug. Next you hear the shot of a magnum slug. hummin' coming at ya.
2: You know, he, he even goes deep into that. I mean, he knows that, you know, the that their way of life is frowned upon. You know what I mean? And he has a response to that, right? He says, don't judge who we are if you don't know where it is that we came from. He said it right there, right after after that, John. He said, how you know where I'm at? When you ain't never been where I've been. You know, you gotta understand where I'm coming from. No doubt. You up there on the hill in your big home. I'm out here risking my dome.
3: You know, so this is just another one of those street reporter tracks, man, that I love getting into. And this is what true hip hop is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, you can listen to this and so many people get lost. You know what I mean? They can't hear the
1: message because of the method that is being delivered. All right, let let me let me tap on something. Like now now that it just kinda hit me and, and Moldy shit, Moldy was right fucking there for it. We had a situation the other day. Whole family get in the car, right? The baby and Junior. Junior's in the back seat, I'm in the front seat, and the old girl's driving. And we get out to make a right turn. And when we get out to make a right turn, you know, we we gotta stop. You know, so we we'll, we'll stop to make our right turn out of a gas station. what's going on? And this dude rolls up on a bike, and I'm watching him from a distance, you know what I mean? Just because it's just, it's just me, it's just the way I am. I see this guy coming from the neighborhood on a bike, eyeballing the car, but like coming quick. And as he's coming up close to the car, I start telling Junior, yo, watch this cat. Girl, he comes around the back, and he tries to open the back fucking door. That's exactly where Moldy was sitting, right next to the baby. So he comes, he tries to jack open the back door, and I tell Moldy, yo, lock the door. Right as I'm telling him, he locks the door. And I grab, oh, I'm sorry, I tell my wife to grab for her gun. She grabs her gun, she goes to pull. When she goes to pull, I reach to grab the gun, and the gun gets pulled up on the, uh, on the seatbelt. So it came up and it went back down. I jumped out the car immediately, came running it, dude, and he threw his hands up and was like, yo, my bad, my bad, sorry. I was just trying to close your gas cap or whatever. But I mean, he wasn't trying to close no gas cap. He doesn't realize how close I came to having to kill a man.
4: Coming to get ya Thinking like a peace mode Coming on a homicide You talking shit Trying to take me for a ride I'm not a bad guy But I'm the fucking field Finger on the trigger With my hands up on a steel Letting out a bullet Is this going booyah? You're stuck in my hood So what you gonna do now? Being the hunted one is no fun Here I come son Yo I think you better run Better run more And move a little faster Second of thought And I'm coming to blast ya With my Sawed off shotgun Hand on the palm.
2: Hand on the Pump. I mean, what can you say about this track right here? I mean, this is the introduction to Send Dog, right? So of course Cypress said with Send Dog, Be Real, Mugs. They had a couple other members here and there, like, you know, Mellow Ace, and things of that nature. But for the most part, over the course of the history of Cypress, it's been Be Real and Send Dog, you know, consistently. Hand on a pump, I mean, you can spin it any way you want to, man, but this track here is about that murder. I don't care how, <laughs> there's no other way to look at it, man, you know what I mean? Again, again, this is this is B-Real and Sim kind of, you know, letting you into the environment. You know, listen to the hook, you know what I mean? Sawed off shotgun, hand on the pump, left it on the 40, puffing on the blunt, put my shotgun, niggas didn't jump. I mean, he's got that, that sawed off in one hand and the 40 in the other. And that just says to me, I mean, they're just a bunch of crazy ass motherfuckers right there, man.
3: Well they're, well, they're just living on that edge. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, the first thing you recognize, and this is one of those... Cypress Hill has a lot of recognizable tracks, let's just be honest. You know, after the production, I mean, like you said, it is straight from the door. If you step across the line, this is the type of life that I'm living right now. No doubt. And I'm not taking any shorts. Finger on the trigger with my hands upon the steel, letting out a bullet... This is going to booyah. You're stuck in my hood. So what you going to do now? You're on the wrong side of town, kid. I remember uh, one of my favorite movies, um, Menace to Society, and the cops roughed him up for having a nice car. Yeah. And and then they dropped him off over there with the homeboys, with the, you know, with the essays. With the essays, yeah. With the essays, thinking that, uh, you know, they were going to get dealt with even more. But the essays show love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just really, really takes me all, all that, you know what I mean? You, you know I'm always a 360-type guy, Scott. It takes me back around to when I was in the Marine Corps and I first got stationed out in Bremerton, Washington. First crew of cats that I really started hanging tough with were all the Puerto Ricans, the Mexicans, you know what I mean? It was it was all the, all the Latin cats. When this came out, it just made me reminisce on those cats. You know what I'm saying? They, they were truly some crazy dudes. And, uh, you know, Cypress always reminded me of those.
2: Going back to that verse that you brought in just now, that last part, being the hunted one is no fun. No, sir. You know what I mean? Here I come, son, I think you better run. You better move faster. Second thought, I'm coming to blast you. I mean, that's that, that's that L.A. gangster mentality that, you know, honestly, me coming, you know, from the East Coast, we couldn't really at least in my neighborhood, you know, I mean, we couldn't really relate to that. I'm not talking about. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, you go to the wrong block. I mean, you run well, across some we had crews back in the day, not cruise. necessarily
3: gangs. Right, yeah.
2: right. But this is the LA shit. This is this is right. this is that right. where there's defined and you know boundaries. Where you know what I'm saying? I mean, even now, I can't really relate to it, man. But yeah, I was never able to relate to it nah, either, Scott.
3: But I mean, it's you it's know. Real. But my cousin Cheyenne Martin, she lived out in LA at the time. And I remember the area that she lived in at the time, and I called her. And I was like, hey, what's going on? I want to come over and see you. She was like, yeah, nah, you ain't coming over here because because you come over here wearing the wrong color and you will get shot. And she had to explain that to my dumb ass while I was, <laughs> I was, you know, 18 years old thinking I could, you know, run through a brick wall, fresh out of Marine Corps boot camp. And she was like, yeah, you don't, you don't want none of that trouble over here. And she literally would not give me her address or anything because, you know, I was a little stupid back, back then. But uh, I'm definitely grateful for it. You follow what I'm saying? You
2: know what, I mean, I'll tell you two things, two things here before we move on to the next track, man. So remember that movie, Colors? So I was just a little kid when that movie came out, right? We all watched the movie for that one scene. Well, that dude was just blowing the back out of that shit before she got blasted by the police. Remember that? We watched that shit over and over. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Right? I thought he was reaching for some. (laughs) Yeah. He was tearing that girl up, man. But So, I brought up colors, man. You know, to kind of highlight what we're talking about here in this conversation and the whole L.A. gang scene and everything like
3: that. That movie scared the shit out of me, man. we never seen nothing like that. No. I mean, yeah. Think Think about who else was young in that movie. Wayans. Dancing with the damn rabbit. Remember? Oh, yeah. Up, up in yeah. the floor. You're high as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was high off of uh, dust. Mm-hmm. Dancing with, he was in a pamper, dancing with the rabbit. And like you said, man, I mean, it was just one of those things. It, for me, it went from breaking in Beach Street to Kellers. And to me, it just showed how you know that 180 degree difference as to how people are living from one coast to the next
2: Okay, so when we chose to do Cypress, I mean, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into, right? I mean, you got to cover Cypress Hill, you know, if anything, you know, them being the first kind of mainstream major Latino hip-hop group, right? And I think for me, man, songs like A Hole in the Head, you know, were very interesting to me, man, as a a kid, because they were using kind of that Latino slang that we didn't hear or necessarily understand, you know, for especially me being from the East Coast. I mean, using words like quete for gun, you know what I mean, juguete, you know, vato, you know, essay, shit like that. I mean, again, watching movies like Menace and things like that, I was captivated by that life, captivated by lifestyle, not wanting to live it, but just watching it, trying to immerse myself in that. You know what I mean? But this song right here, "Holding The Head, takes me back to those days back in the early 90s, man. My big brother was a huge Cypress Hill fan my big brother Kareem. And every morning, getting ready for school, he's blasting this song right here, hole in the head. I remember my mother, every morning, banging on the door, you know what I mean? Turn that shit down, you know? And then you hear it, hole in the head, they got a hole in your head. And it's like, my mom didn't necessarily hear the lyrics, you know what I mean? But of course, me being in my bedroom right next door to his, I hear the lyrics and that shit was haunting as fuck, man. Haunting as fuck because you know what they're talking about, man. But if you go to the beginning of the track, they say it's a tribe thing. Now, me, remember what I told you? I'm a huge, Right, right. I'm a huge right. Tribe Called Quest, fan. We talked about it on the last track, right? From a hip hop perspective, it don't get more wholesome than a Tribe Called Quest. It don't get more wholesome than Daylight. So then you got a group like Cypress, who's all about that gangster like talking about the tribe thing. Of course, I keyed on that right away. And not to jump through the track, but if you go to the end. Right. If you go to the end, just <laughs> say it again. It's a tribe thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. tribe thing. And he says, can I kick it? Can they kick it? Right. So it's a clear reference. I mean, almost like they paint home as a tribe. And I thought that was very telling. I mean, these dudes respect tribe. They, they definitely respect. So I think what I said on the last track is true. I think Cypress maybe looked at themselves almost like in the same creative space as a tribe called Quest. But of course playing to that whole that whole gangster mentality
3: you know what I mean no doubt when I first heard this one to me this showed the the depth of his writing skill because he goes third person on Mm you it starts telling a story about somebody else being able to do that then flipping the story back to himself Mm -hmm. and or making it seem like it was a personal experience to me shows how how deep the brother
2: can write you know one of the big mistakes that we make as as annoying you know hip hop purists one of the huge debates that i think will never go away is who the best storyteller in hip hop is and it's always it seems like slick rick always kind of wins that yeah. wins that argument right for me it's not right. slick rick for me it's ghostface but then as we go through these albums and we go through the lyrics of some of these tracks and you and you and you listen to a song like like hand on a pump, hole in the head, and you listen to be real. Be real got some storytelling skills too. You know what I mean? He definitely needs to be in that conversation. I mean, damn! I mean, the way he kind of mixes in that whole—not the same style, man—but the same, the same right. type of vibe as an N.W.A., as a Tribe, right. as a Ice T, and then he brings in the whole Cheech and Chong reference. I mean, who doesn't like Cheech and Chong? How can you not? How can you not gravitate towards this man? For me, I mean, when it comes to storytelling, you got to put B-Real in that conversation. Man. You got to.
4: You say the joint, but you can call me up to swell up. Your just forget about it, It's <laughs>
2: Now we needed we needed moldy and leak on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, those are our brothers from a, from a, from a moldy leak man. I mean, they would definitely be able to to uh, relate to this one. <laughs> Again, you know, be real on this track did the majority of the heavy lifting. I mean, what can you say about the the you know DJ Muggs production on this one, man? It was it was crazy, man. But this song is all about. You know, what I mean, this is a stoner track right here. You know
3: what I mean? <laughs> no doubt, 100, percent
2: Yeah, this is. If you if you ever wanted instructions on on how to smoke, when to smoke, why to smoke, how to smoke, <laughs> listen
3: to this song right here. Yeah, man. What does he say? The hook itself oh, yeah. lets you know where they're getting down. Mm-hmm. Feel the effects of the high. I know you'll feel the effects of the high. Want to feel the effects of the high, brother? <laughs> Light like another. Be real all over this track. Just telling it like it is. You know what I mean? White brother rewinds a cassette. Was it because it was funky that he loves it? Yeah, man. Here's another lyric. Go puff it. Um, the high time. You get through my rides Suck on the pipeline. Sit back and recline. You gotta suck on the fatty. So come on in, feel the effects of the high. I mean, he just...
2: They're Cheech Chong. He said it right there, high times, bro. They're the Cheech and Chong of hip hop, man.
3: No doubt, man, no doubt. Before Dre did it, before Dre with the Chronic, you, you had Cypress Hill with that. No doubt,
2: and you know, they even told you how to how to defeat the effects of it, too. Hit some Vizines so the smoke can let out. Now, do you really think they can take the red out? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he dropped the commercial for him. I don't know if Vazine I- yeah, <laughs> yeah I was sure if Vizine Hey be real. Send all this Vizine never send y'all any checks for that?
2: Hell no. Nah.
5: <laughs>
3: Hell no.
4: <nah. laughs> I feel the effects of the I I know you feel it. it. Yo, like that motherfucker. I know you feel it.
2: I first agreed to do Cypress and their debut album and we were going, right, right. We were, we were going through uh just the, the listing of songs and tracks, things and like that and uh i think for me man it's, it's been so long since i listened to it a lot of the titles didn't really jump out at me right but you was on it you were you were on it man you were like yeah this is my joint this is my joint this is a an nap. and i remember like kind of being a little apprehensive right i'm like all right i gotta listen to it again when i got to this track <laughs> I remember why it was. This was this was my shit. It wasn't necessarily about be real and sin, bro. The production on this right here is bananas. Is is ridiculous, man. Mugs. Let me let me let me sit up here, man. He he went and he went into that well where you are guaranteed success. Anytime you sample James Brown. I mean, James Brown, the architect of this sound called hip-hop. I mean, anytime you, right? anytime, anytime you go to that well when you sample James Brown, you're going to get a hit. I mean, the snares, the drums, everything that he pulled, you know what I'm saying, from that classic JV sound is in this joint right here. And they actually paid homage to him. They said the funky feel one. They're talking about James Brown. In of course they are. Or the song. But damn, man! Even 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 the breakdown when Sin Dog first appears. I mean, I, when I heard that, I'm a huge DITC fan, digging the Crates Crew. Huge DITC fan, a huge fan of Showbiz and AG. When I heard that, I was like, oh shit, that's so clap right there.
3: You know, this was always one of my favorite cuts off of this uh, particular LP for a couple reasons. Um, one, because of the production. You know what I'm saying? Hanging out with all those Latin cats, man. And one of the things I got to learn about Latin folks, man, is they love, they they love live and they love music on the instrumental side of the house. They, they love the big 16-piece bands. They really get into the whole musical side of it. Where you're going to do like the merengue too because the beat was so fast. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me of being at different Latin parties and hearing, I can't even think of any artist names that my cats used to play back in the day, so I'm not even gonna try to guess and screw it up because, you know, then that just deflates from it. But this, although this this was a James Brown beat, don't get me wrong, I definitely recognize that, it still had that Latin flair to it. And I like it when Sindal came in, night in a stiff block, hanging on a pimp's jock, Used to call me Pimp Papa,
5: because
3: I because I likes to hip hop, cause I'm down with Cypress, ill and well I might. He brings it in. This is one of the first times you see Sendog with a verse, because before he was doing mostly hooks. Well, he's
2: he's he's the um, hype man. He's like he's like uh right. he's Flavie. yeah he's like Flav. He's like you know right. Bushwick Bill. He's just a hype
3: man. Right. B rock
2: right. does all the heavy lifting,
3: man. Yeah, yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. And, and be real, just, you know, the first verse, let's just be honest. I mean, and again, this is their debut LP. And to open up this verse talking about, well, I'm the real one. Yes, the funky feel one. Cypress Hill has come. Any questions, ask them. Because we are answering. Any brothers that have been.
2: He's checking all the boxes. Remember what I said. I mean, no. he tells you, you know, where he's from. It's just clear. They're from L.A. Then they tell you how dope they are. You got to do that. You got to do both those things. And he did that right there. You know, trapped like a prophet. But I still profit. Even when you're off it, the bank's in my pocket because of my music. Would you call me chumpy? In my trade, the tribe is known to get funky. Right? I mean, that's how you'd be successful in any business, man. You pay respect to those that's doing it like you. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. But he's still telling you how dope he is. Look at the end of the verse, man. He said, brothers, just sit back and join me like a six pack. So he's like, yo, just chill. I got you. For, this, for these couple minutes, just chill. Listen to me. I got you, man. Be real. And why? Because I'm
3: the real one. Yes, the funky Phil one. <laughs>
2: All right, John, here we go, man. Next track, Real Estate. This right here, this is my shit. This is my shit, John, right here, man. We talked about the boxes, right? You got to check the boxes, right? This whole song, Be Real is telling you how dope he is. Let me just just give you a little bit of what I'm talking about here, man. (laughs) See, I'm talking about those whose vocals ain't coming off. A skill to kill that will, but awfully dumb, of course. Some go nuts the power of the last one, slower, flower blower. Those who ain't pros, I wet my stupid radio. He's basically telling you, if I'm listening to you on the radio and your shit isn't tight, I'm going to fucking shoot my radio. No shit. Because <laughs> right. I can't listen to it no more. Right, right. You know what I mean? We could do this track all day. Top of verse three, B-Rail says, you ain't flamboyant, a toy boy on it. Ain't paid a plot for un and boy man. He's saying, you're
3: not a B-boy, stop faking. Right, right. Instead of unemployment, you're mb boyman right, because you're not a B-boy. Right, right, so, right.
2: right. That's that clever shit that I love about B-Real and about Cypress. That's that cold creativeness that I dig about them, man. And, you know, what can you say about the production, man? Mugs again. Mugs again. I mean, we're talking 1991, man, and this song and this, this whole album sounds as fresh as if it was dropped, like, today but
3: again like you have always said scott Mm -hmm. one of the boxes that they have to check is what pay homage gotta pay homage and by using and this wasn't an old stale beat because this came off a fear of a black planet right that's why i think they did it intentionally to pay homage to public enemy like you always say scott that you you got to check the boxes you got to say how dope you are you have to give credit to the producers and you have to, you have to pay homage. So this is not something that people forgot about. I guarantee you that. And his lyrics on this, man, this is the crime you find. You're not, you're not an exponent. You're not even involved. You're a non-factor. You are so far off the playing field, it's ridiculous. Got hit with a pitch like a bitch and went to heaven. Weak ducks ducking and bucking, saying fuck it. Ain't worth damn paying the ducats ducats From my public, my favorite subject. I loves it. (laughs) Come on,
2: man. It's a dope track. I mean, he just spends—he just spends five minutes telling you how dope he is. I
3: think B-real gets as much credit as he should, man.
2: He don't. But you know what, man? Just to let you know. Mm -hmm. But you know what, man? I think, you know, talking about the whole vibe that Cypress Hill gives off, I think B-real was one of them type of artists where he's not really so much concerned with that. You know what I mean? He's just having fun on the track. I mean, yeah, he checked the box. He spent a whole he, he he spent a whole record telling you how dope he is, man. But I think at the end of the day, he really don't give two shits about, you know, where he fits on the whole echelon of things. But man, anytime you have somebody as live as Sendog on the break talking about another fly verse straight from the deficit, another scripture of be real, get funky. This is the Lower East Side of things. I mean, it just, it just. I think it just don't get no livelier in that, man.
3: No doubt, man. And I'm telling you right now, this track real estate was often slept on for lyrical ability, and this one is one of the dopest, dopest, dopest tracks on this entire LP. Yeah, yes, the master pass, kick your ass, and feel combustion for the dope blast. Cause you're stepping on my property, get off of it, G.
4: Sa Surround-
2: Here we go. The last track that we're gonna have are brothers, a Moldy Leak. Stone is the way to walk. I couldn't think of a better track <laughs> for you guys. So, so Leak and Modi, just real quick. I mean, just to amuse, just to amuse our listeners. Just tell us real. Quick. Oh here, here, here.
1: Just, just let's 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 go with this right here. We, so many reasons. We we, 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 yeah, so many reasons. We, we listened to it, right? I ain't gonna bullshit. It had been a minute. I ain't heard the track, so we sat down and listened to it. We really, really dissected it. And I remember a lot, you know, a lot of the music, but dissecting it with Moldy was a whole different monster. If you really listen to the track,
0: it's not a whole lot about we. I think that's just the the first assumption is, you know, because of the hook and shit like that, it, it, the hook is about weed and then it starts off the first line touching on weed and, you know, here and there is a couple references, but you come to realize that it's not like the whole track is repping Bud, it's not like a pro Bud song, it's like a day in the life while he's just stoned you know right. this is just how he lives while he's stoned because right. he's always smoking and you know I he has to, to be that. sedated yeah
1: like, he feels it like he's got to he be sedated i mean yeah Why? he's got to be Why? sedated Why? because of the shit that he's fucking living you know what i mean when talk a motherfucker has to go through a daily basis ducking and dodging bullets having to fucking run from the same motherfuckers that are supposed to protect him, trying to do anything he's got to do to make ends meet and make fucking cheese. Examples. A motherfucker's yeah. got to have something, right? right At least out. something that's not going to hurt you. So he right, smokes. Right, right, right. He sedates himself. He puts himself in that mindset so he can deal with the bullshit, so he doesn't have to fucking pop on somebody, maybe. As sad as it is, we all have fucking not vices. Right, right, no, no, right. we all got vices. You know what I mean? Uh, and and in, in my experience, from my research, what I've learned, what I know, what I can speak on this shit and not have no fucking worries, and i argue it with any motherfucker who comes on this shit. Weed is the least motherfucking thing that you can do It's going to harm your body. As a matter of fact, it will help you. Smoke Bud, man. Go back to fucking Mother Earth. Smoke the herb. Get your mind right. There's nothing wrong with smoking a little Bud to get your mind right, to relax, to unwind from the daily grind that is this fucking life, man.
0: Living it while you're in that sedated state or whatever i guess you would say
2: i really wonder honestly wonder how many of our listeners are going to catch a lot of the references in this track specifically to cheech and chong how many of y'all remember cheech and
3: chong yo? <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> i mean when you look at how he had to walk through life sedated that's basically because he was dealing like uh leek already said with so much strife everything is going on around him Bullets flying around his head. So in order for me not to pop off and just stay low key and cope, this is just what I gotta do. Stone is the way of the walk. You know who remembers Cheech and Chong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, the freaking captain of the police force turning into a lizard. I mean that I mean, up in smoke. I mean, there were so many Cheech and Chong movies that were on back I mean, I graduated I eighty seven. Oh, my goodness, man. I used to watch all those dog on teach and child movies. It was
1: crazy. No, no, no. I watched them all. I just don't fucking remember them.
5: <laughs>
3: then, <laughs> then, then you watched them correctly. Then you watched them correctly, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, but when you get down to it, man, this is just, again, you know, growing up in the hood, growing up on, in that struggle and strife, you know, a lot of cats walking around with PTSD, you know? It's not easy Getting shot at. It's not easy getting harassed by the police every day. It's not easy seeing people at their lowest. You know what I mean? And on the other end of the spectrum, in order for you to eat, you got to take advantage of somebody. You know, all those things play on your mind, which is why yeah. which is why real hustlers don't tell young cats to come into the gang. Because they understand, like Leek said before, about that regret side. He stoned is the way of the walk in order to cope with all those sort of situations. You know what I'm saying?
0: And he still keeps it playful and, you know, brings it back around towards the end, and, and that's where I think, you know, it, it appealed to to us, not only in a sense of, okay, here's this shit that we're sedating ourselves for, but now the other side of Bud, which I, I like to smoke to have a good time, to, mm-hmm. to you know, chill with, chill with chicks. Yeah, it's not all and fuck. bad. And what's the end? What's the end of the trackies? He's f- sh- fucking with this chick, and this chick tells him, hey, you got to pay me with-, with dick, pretty much. <laughs> and-, and it's funny <laughs> as fuck. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but, you know, it's weed is what tied that all together.
2: No doubt. And you're right, man. He did definitely keep it playful. You know, he made fun of himself. You know what I mean? He, he didn't take himself too seriously, right? He talked about... For sure. He talked about his nasal delivery, right? You know, I got the beta bass and the nasal hazen as I kick it straight. But it's not enough
0: together. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, he, he knows He knows that his voice sounds annoying I think that's that's part of it
1: Shit, no, hey, listen He says it in his docu- one of his documentaries They told him, yo, you need to do something yeah. about that fucking voice <laughs> Like, either you're gonna do something about that voice Or you're gonna have to fucking write lyrics for Send Dog Because that voice is terrible <laughs> And he says he it, he admits it, it. He admits it, like, yo I had to switch my shit up or Send Dog was gonna be the one to
4: rap A lost and There's a ship of soy I <laughs> blast him I'll increase my throttle, uplift my shuttle. Drive in a huddle, pilot on auto. Bro. I'm not a role model, more like a psycho. i type of psycho, cutting you like Mike. Why you're in the crossfire, you, you get, get blasted, blasted, you dumbass bastard. See, <laughs> you need the data, better I say data. You're looking at the trap and you're, you're a hater. hater. Coming from inside me to come better. Or should I say rather together, together. I'm going to set you. Head in the casket, your body in a basket. I just get a task. I basket. told you I'm going to blast you. And I'm on the second beta
2: Psycho Beta Buck Down. Now, I I got to be honest, man. I wasn't feeling this track, man. I mean, it's a classic album, no doubt. Debut with Cypress Hill, man, but you know, every track can't be a hit. For me, I just wasn't feeling it, man. What about you?
3: yeah no, it wasn't one of my favorite ones off this particular lp man i mean but like you said everything can't be a hit and at the same time though i do think that it shows their um how can i say their willingness to try something different yeah so i just think this was one of those uh leaps of faith if you will they were trying something different they were being courageous and it just fell flat but here's the good thing about being a good artist you know with be real cypress hill you know the fact that they're a good crew you can you can have a bad out, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, and people would just do what they'll just skip that particular track aside from, of course, all the greats that we talk about, you know, there are some cats out there who there's only one or two tracks that I listen to off their LP's
2: most definitely, man. Um, for me, man, if I could take anything away from this song is that, you know, just like on any debut album, I mean, the artists in this case, the artists are defining themselves to to us the consumers right they're telling you who they are where they're from what they're capable of you know what they're what they're willing to do how far they're willing to go and i think you know type hill type hill you know they did that throughout their whole career but if you if you look again we don't really understand we don't really know who these guys are at this point right so you know we know it's b-real sin we know it's mugs and things of that nature man but sin start the massacre as i get nasal so he's already setting the tone look my job is my job is to is to deliver these rhymes. You know, my job is to tell you what my style is. Be real style is all about that that nasal delivery. He's he's doing it on purpose. He's creating a character. And then Sin Dog is like, he's like the enforcer, right? Sin started the massacre as I get nasal. The phase of be like a murderer's maze. You won't find B Real inside any cage. Sin is the gangster. Me, I'm just a pimp. You see what I'm saying? Like he looks at it like, you know, what he's doing is not illegal. He's just he's just a pimp on the mic. Talking about these girls, talking about you know that 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 street life. Sin, on the other hand, Sin Dog, he's the one that you need to be worried about. You know what I mean? So he's just you know defining the whole the whole concept of Cypress Hill. And I think you know that was you know if that was the objective with this with this album or, or this record, then I think they nailed it.
3: You know what I mean? No doubt, man. I mean, I. D- Leap of faith, <laughs> just <laughs> trying something different. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there are, there are some dope lines in there, you know, that I can definitely take away, you know, making you get real loose. My intellect, dialect, dialogue, intellect, catalog, from what you want me to select, different forms of beta, psycho, for alpha, the way I stay in control of myself. I mean, so he, can sh- he shows those lyrical acrobats that he's capable of, I just think, I don't know if the production matched up with the lyrics, mix in and cram in a lot of different flips and twists to our, to our word play in order to match up with the tempo of the beat. Because this is a fast beat. So I don't know if they tried that. And don't forget at this time, you know, the fooshnickens, you know what I mean, that bump skippity bump was, you know, starting to come on play, you know what I mean? So maybe they were, you know, this was their kind of foray into that atmosphere just to see if they could, you know, make a hit there as well. But this is to to me this is not part of their style. This was just in a
2: an exploration. It's interesting you say that, man, because you know, the production is it's it's parliament. You know, it's funkadelic, you know what I mean? But this is nineteen ninety one Parliament and Funkadelic. Right? So this is right around the same time that the Chronic was being produced, right around the same time, you know, that a lot of those iconic West Coast albums were being produced, all of them kind of taken from that Parliament Funkadelic well. You see what I'm saying? So them being from the same region, I mean, you got you to gotta think this is all a big experiment. Now, I think, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know if what I'm saying is, is, is blasphemous. I and mean, some we got some fans in the page that are probably going to come after me for this, man. But I'm not sure that, I'm not so sure that Muggs pulls that off, man. Pulls off the, the parliament, fuckadelic sound and feel the way Dre did. You know what I'm saying?
3: Well, I guess we're saying the same thing. But yeah. I don't think he was modeling him. Yeah. I, I think he was just looking at it like, oh, that's dope, I'm going to try it, versus, because when I think about somebody modeling, and I hope I'm not rambling, when I think about somebody modeling someone, I think about them trying to be them and trying to do exactly what the other person did. Right. Now, mm-hmm. but if he was, maybe, we can use the word inspired or something of that nature, then I can more so get behind that. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I can see him being inspired by the parliament that Dre was putting out.
4: Bang, let's start the fucking show, eh?
2: old latin
3: funk know what i mean yo i like this joint man yeah man it's tight it's tight i mean i've always liked it Mm -hmm. Uh, i had a hard time understanding a lot of it (laughs) but i always liked it i was really uh you know this is this is one of those tracks man you know you get to see the in my opinion the introduction of sin dog because he pretty much takes this whole thing over. And of course, once again, it's it's produced by Mm -hmm, Muggs. So, I mean, the the beat is crazy. I mean, I used to just vibe off the beat more so than the lyrics, because again, Mm -hmm. I ain't know half the shit of what they were talking about. Now, don't get me wrong. Vato, Sevesa, I mean, you know, a lot of the slang that I did understand, um, you know, brought the track home a little bit more. But there was a lot of, you know, when he went on a couple roles in here where the whole verse or the whole line was in Spanish. I was like, yeah, uh, can somebody help me with that? <laughs> yeah, man. Like you said, this is
2: classic, classic Mugs production. You know, very smooth, laid back, but but gangster. You know what I mean? Like it's that it's that shit that you play. You got a low rider. You put this in. I like it because yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, me and my brother listening to this to this album you know, imitating, trying to imitate what Sandor was, was talking about. Like you said, you know, I didn't know what they was talking about either. I'm not, I'm not Spanish. My, my heritage is in Spanish. But, you know, Sand and his brother and his uh, brother Mellow Man Ace. I mean, they're Cuban, you know what I'm saying? Cuban Americans, man. So this is their native tongue right here, man. And, you know, you got to have a lot of respect, man, for Cyprus to come and do a song like this. I mean, this is they're, they're one of the first, if not the first mainstream Latino hip hop group. You know what I mean? You got a song like this where they're flipping back and forth between English and Spanish. I mean, this is 1991. Ain't nobody else doing that back then. No. And
3: like you said, it took a lot of courage for them to do this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it gave another glimpse. It gave another view into what the street life really encompasses. And it gave it from, like you said, from Spanish-Americans' point of view. No doubt. You know what I mean? And that, to me, always digging on that authenticity that's one of the reasons why i really dug this track off of this lp because you knew they were spanish and this was the first time that they really let their slang hang out in order for you to get a picture as to how they kick it when they're just kicking it with their homies
2: you feel me for sure man and uh i go to I go that one line at the end of the song man before i got here i was gaffled in the kayak man i love that word gaffing. we didn't want to do the gaffing. what's that from
3: ice Cube. ice cubes right I mean, yeah Gaffle, want yeah. right behind it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can give me a key get in the car and get out <laughs> straight gaffling
2: <laughs> yeah that's that west coast man exactly <laughs> that's exactly funny i mean that whole west coast slang man it, it kills me it's so funny to me man but yeah man if you ever wanted you know to to, to get some you know a real taste you know, that, that, that you know, West Coast type of vibe, you know what I mean, with the, with the Cuban Americans, the Spanish niggas. This is the song you listen to right here. Send Dog, I mean, they did a great job, you know, highlighting him, you know, bringing him to the forefront for one track anyway, right. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, him, you know, throwing out respect to Mellow Man, H, Kit Frost, two other Latino. Oh yeah, no doubt. Two other, you know, Latino hip hop artists, man.
3: Dope track right here, dope track for me. Right, and of course the sample was from Sly and the Family Stone, you know, sing a simple song um so you know that is definitely going to strike strike a familiar chord with a lot of people because you know what i'm glad so. i'm glad you
2: brought that up man great tidbit of information slide and family stone probably in my opinion one of the most underrated groups oh yeah of all time i think i think without sly you don't have prince right i think prince model his whole oh, his whole image after sly man
3: yeah slide Sly, sly with a mix of james brown yeah, you know, because James Brown had that ultimate control over his crew right? and Prince exemplified that. You know what I'm saying?
2: For sure, man. Great story, man. But yeah, man, Latin Lingo, I think, you know, we made the comparison a couple tracks back uh, about Cypress and Tribe and, and uh, Ghetto Boys and how Sin is kind of reminiscent of, you know, Bushwick and, and you're know, not trying to be disrespectful, but Fife, even though Fife was a much more accomplished lyricist than either of them. You know, but you kind of see the same type of setup, right? You got three in the crew with uh, B Real, Sin, and Mugs, and the same thing with Tribe and Ghetto Boys. But um, you don't really see a lot of Sin Dog in the debut. Just like you, don't, you didn't really see a lot of, of Fife and in People's Instincts for Tribe, you know? And Sin's role in the crew, it grew gradually until he became a regular contributing member of Cypress. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm, 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 I'm constantly drawing comparisons between three between the three groups.
4: I came to introduce a new type of juice that and introduced to make you feel real little no, yeah, Just let it sink and it's not feeling it. The fucking Cypress Hill shit. People ask why do you sound so funny? They must be talking about my fucking days of money. I take control, no need to blow my nose. Just click on the trophy and build the fucking rope with with you your bro. Here's my bite it, and you can do about the real one Yes, I am some the ill juice, the monkey feel one Send a psychopath, I'm blasted, and has to tell him sin I'm a psychopath, master. striking ya, hating ya, fucking you, Like my Buddha platform, I'm gonna keep you. fucking ya, picking ya, Then I'm gonna roll ya up and light you, this
2: Let me tell you, you know, let me just kick this off and say, you know, one of the reasons why I like this particular track, man, is I love the Spanglish thing that Cypress did on this album, right? They're going back back and forth between the English and the Spanish. And to take it a level higher than that, I love the fact how b Real, he rhymed, he played his rhymes off of the Spanish. You see what I'm saying? And I think that was that was right. that, that was that was ingenious. I don't think we've heard anything like that before. Be real rhyming in English, and you know, coming in with those with those Spanish adlibs, and be real rhyming off of those ad-libs in English. I thought that was that was dope. Mm-hmm.
3: Listen, man, and that's and that's and that was their whole vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Again, you know, Cuban Americans, and they're just kicking it the way that they kick it, showing us a glimpse into their into their life. You know, just click on the chumpy and feel the funky flows for you and your bros. Him and his hoes. You don't like it? Here's my dick bite it. Who <laughs> about the real one, the funky feel one? Again, at the end of the day, debut album, and he's basically telling everybody, I know y'all can't touch my style because ain't nobody in the game that's like me. He's right. You know, again, yeah. this is 1991, mm-hmm. and he was introducing everybody. This is this is how we get down.
2: I think B-real is underrated as a, as a lyricist. I mean, he's never in that conversation. Anytime you talk about, you know, lyricists and things of that nature, especially from the golden age, whoever mentioned Cypress Hill? Do we? Nobody. We, we don't either. I mean, <laughs> Think about what you felt in 1991 when you first heard these cats. I remember specifically what I felt when I first heard them. I mean, I love the music. I mean, you know, I, I might not have known it. I didn't know it at the time, but I love DJ Muggs production, even though I probably didn't know who DJ Muggs was at the time, right? I loved the sound that I was hearing. But when I heard b real for the first time, I thought it was funny. I thought I was laughing. I remember like, yo, why does he sound like that? And my brother was like, you know, mad because he was a huge Cypress fan. I was always making fun of him because of the way B-Rail sounded. I mean, you look right up there at the front, in the first verse, he said, people ask, why do you sound so funny? They must be talking about my funky nasal vocal money. I take control, no need to blow my nose. He's like, yo, this is, this is the way I sound. This is the way I sound. When I when I when I do this hip hop thing, you know what I mean? I mean, take that and apply to what it is you just said about some of these new cats coming out now. I mean, it might be two different. Com- I'm not trying to compare Little Yachty to, to B-real. I mean, that's blasphemous. But you know, the reaction is the same thing. It's something new that came on the scene. Nobody was doing. Nobody was, you know, Latino coming in sounding like that. I mean, it was it was it was something new. I mean, I got to think that some folks had the same reaction. You know,
3: no doubt, man. Mm-hmm. But I but I like the fact. That's Cypress Hill talking about what we're talking about and just bringing it all. They didn't try to be anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like you said, dude didn't talk about blowing It's Like my voice, I'm sure, it gets annoying to people. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I ain't going to change it for no one. Mm -hmm. It's who I am, Mm -hmm. period. Can't feel the funk, so I guess I'll pump the wrist. Mm -hmm. How about this (laughs) mug kiss my blood? Be Real's lyrical acrobats are ridiculous. You know how he takes those three syllables of... You know, the first part of that and he rhymes it with the last part of that is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? People don't pick up on how on how intricate this cat is. Oh, hell
2: yeah. I agree with you hundred percent on that, man. Cause the cypress Hill material, luxurious, superior, glory or memorial,
3: historical, physical. I mean, B real could rhyme. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this. Who would you, who would you get who would you get behind? B real or Eminem? So
2: we we've had yeah, there you. go. No 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 I'm trying to think of the best way to, to do this. Know. We've we've had this, you know, I'm not I'm gonna call it an argument. We we wasn't arguing, we was talking, but we've had this argument offline. Actually, no, nah, that was online. That was on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was on Facebook. See, for me, for me, I acknowledge the greatness of Eminem. I do. Even though his his music is is not for me personally, like I can't really I don't wanna say yeah, I can't relate to that. I mean I'm not I'm not an addict. I don't have addict issues. I don't have domestic violence issues. I acknowledge his greatness. You see what I'm saying? Um, So, I relate more to a group like a Cypress Hill. You know what I mean? Even though they were talking about, you know, that gangster shit and and whatnot, I love the production. I think Muggs is easily one of the most underrated producers, you know, of of all time, you know. Um, But, For me, I would choose B-Real before... I would choose to listen to B-Real before I would choose to listen to Eminem.
3: Is B-Real in the top 10 of hip-hop artists of all time? No. So if B-Real isn't in the top 10, you can't put Eminem in the top 10 because you just said B-Real is better than Eminem.
2: False. That's not what I said. I said, for me personally, I said I would choose to listen to a B-Real before I would listen to an Eminem. I'm not acknowledging that B-Real is greater. I'm just saying what B-Real... His style and and the way you know what he's talking about and the way he delivers his content resonates with me more than what Eminem does.
3: Right, and I'm not saying M is a slouch, and I know a lot of people think I'm saying he's a slouch, and I'm not. Not at all. What I'm saying is I don't think M is one of the greatest of all time. Oh, he's definitely. Do I think? Yeah. Do I think he could make the top 20 of all time? Maybe, and he's going to be after. He's going to be in the late. Round of that situation, now. he's going to be from 16 to 20. No, nah. because there's too many cats like a be real. There are too many cats that I think hip hop has forgotten about that were completely dope. I, I agree That's with you on change. that, it, and I, I'm not, not saying album sales. You know, what I mean, a lot of cats don't film. You look at Immortal Technique, highly revolutionary. You know, a lot of cats don't give him a lot of credit. So when you so when you put all that together and you look at those types of artists that I just mentioned, you know what I mean, like a Paris, like an Immortal Technique, and understand that somebody's trying to put Eminem ahead of them, nah, it nah, it don't happen like that.
2: Okay, so part of my argument in Facebook Review was was the whole concept of of battle rap. And I'm telling you, I firmly believe that Eminem is one of the greatest freestyle and battle rap artists, battle rap MCs that has ever existed. Now, that being said, you take an artist like an Immortal Technique, you take an artist like an R-rated rugged, you take an artist like a pun, and you put them in the same environment. I'm talking about that hostile, you know, battle rap cypher type of situation. Now you're talking.
4: Same party, we can do this, bro. We can't be maxing The the ass is useless, so let's quit taxing. This is a prediction in my travel cast up. No, there's a musician in my trade. I act them. Nobody's kid, brother. That means I'm up for this task. Can I set up for the beginning? The giggle is scratched. Using my technique, I basically beat in a rap. I went to learn a prior knowledge. I'm a scholar. went to college. Cause am very handy when it comes to push and shove and stuff. Then that's good. I'm not a sissy. I'm stiff to neutral. i going to get busy,
2: you know, and um, it's just send up. That's it. It's just Sendog, you know, kind of closing out the album. And I think, right, I think, I think there's no other way you do it, man. You know, you kind of give it to Sendog and it's like, you know, take us out of here, man. But, you know, if I can say anything about this track, it's, um, you know, if you, if you listen to Sindog here at the end, he sounds a little bit more confident, right? He sounds like he's, he's not the hype man. He sounds like he's, you know, b Real's partner and not his, his, his hype man in this. You know what I mean? He's, He's rapping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He really sound as stiff as he did in the in the other tracks. If you will. But um but yeah, man, there's really nothing to this man. It's just, you know. Sin dog telling you who he is, you know, known as a musician, imitator, act up, nobody's kid brother. That means I'm up for this task. He's telling right, you he's ready. Right. He's he you know, he's ready to
3: do this. I'm Dog. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah I mean, like you said, man, there wasn't, you know, I actually forgot about this track. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be 100% honest. But with that being the case, man, I just took it out. And then when I heard it the first time to prepare for the review, I really thought it was just a skit until I looked up the lyrics. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, this is an actual cut. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. like you said, it's it's quintessential Sin Dog. Right. As he later became known as mm-hmm. you know what i mean with this sort of more relaxed style you know oh yeah they were just they were
2: strictly i mean by the by the time they got to the end of this joint man you knew what, what you know what cyprus was all about man they are about that that mind elevation <laughs> you know what i mean that cheech chong you know what i'm saying mind elevation like a whole different plane type of thing man he said as i strolled the ever ways of the buddha masters as i smoked my Bye. joint i feel one with the earth But a brother like me keeps on walking to get to the next sign, then blaze the next joint. I mean, that's Cypress Hill, man. There it is.
3: wanna say thank you once again wanna give big shout outs to Modi Leak for stopping by and hanging out with us for a spell and giving us their take of course on Cypress Hill. Wanna also give a lot of love to uh hip hop combo and real talk you know those cats over there you know I always like the debates that they're always sparking. Uh, also wanna give love to to my fam. Um, I have a cousin of mine who's getting married at the end of uh, at the end of August. Maurice love you fam uh, Congratulations to you guys, and I'm sure you guys are going to have a fantastic future together. Um, also, you know, a bit of sad news. Want to give some love to uh, Miranda Wright's and her management team. Um, you know, Miranda lost her grandmother on August 11th, Marlene Leonard of uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. You know, I really want to give uh, some deep condolences from both Scott and I uh, to Miranda, her mom Joy, her, her entire family and her production team because i know this was a devastating loss so uh our heads are bowed for you and uh much much love and god bless you guys
2: no doubt man much love and much respect and all the prayers to to miranda rights and her family from from the tlp crew you know she gets nothing but love from us over here know that so so yeah man hey, hey john man this was this was another another good time man doing cypress Hill with you man we had a a fantastic couple of days recording this and just like you said, man, much respect, much thanks to emoji League. I'm talking leak one, Moldy, J, you guys are unbelievable. Thank you for coming through and uh sitting with us. You know, the conversations we had. I mean, if I could get all of the conversations that we had into into one episode, we would have a six-hour episode. I mean, we would it was that fun. No doubt. No doubt, no. right? So so yeah, man, thanks guys, and also much love, much respect, much thanks to Hip Hop Golden Age. You know, if, if you if you never heard of them, if you've never seen them, go over to hiphopgoldenage.com. Keeping the culture alive and uh, you know, showing support to to John and I over here at the Light Podcast. So thanks again, H H G A. Check them out on Twitter. But uh but yeah, John, you know. I want to say, you know, I want to make sure that they're over there checking out our YouTube joint. I mean, We're doing a lot of things over there, man. So if you haven't, oh yeah, no if, doubt. if you haven't seen our YouTube, go over to youtube.com, check out the light podcast. we got lots of content, more content coming. You know, Scott,
3: we got to remind people <laughs> that podcast is part of the thing. <laughs> you remember uh, you watched the boondocks, right? Yeah, I
2: know. I know exactly and- where you go going with this. <laughs>
3: And his whole name is a pimp named Slickback. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the whole name, I had some people hit me up, Scott, and say, I can't find the podcast. I keep typing in The Light, and nothing's coming up. I'm like, well, because it's The Light Podcast. It's all one name. Yeah. Crystal, can this motherfucker hear? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> T-L-P,
2: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> T-L-P. The P stands for what, John?
3: Podcast. Yeah, yeah. So when you're looking for us <laughs> on all the different social media platforms as well as our YouTube channel, make podcast part of the search. It is The Like Podcast. And listen, as always... We always want to give love to everybody that's hitting us up. Uh, Request for people to listen, you know, for us to listen to their music. Trust me, we're getting it, and we're trying to mow through it as much as we can. Scott and I, uh, we stay tremendously busy with the podcast. Before we go, got to give much love to Scotch Chocolate. And, Scott, I I want you to deliver your own news because you're too humble sometimes. But tell the people where they can hear a Scotch Chocolate beat uh with an up-and-coming artist that we just mentioned miranda Wright's talk about that a minute i
2: appreciate you john first off man so check it out if you want to uh listen to some of my beats that you can find them at the website www.thelightpodcast.com slash music and you'll find 16 or so you know beats that i've made over the past year or so i'm also making some new ones I'm gonna throw them up there um over the next couple of weeks or so. Check them out. If you wanna rhyme over top of them, hit us up, let us know. We'll throw you one. Or all, all we ask is that you, you know, mention something about us, throw it back, and we'll post it on the show. That is a promise. And John, you know I'm shy, man. Don't be doing
3: that, man. You're you st- you're still being too humble, Scott. You gotta talk about the big news though. Oh, the museum? Oh. Yeah.
2: Tell him. So yeah, so so John, man, there's a project that's going on that's that's that I think is extremely important to the culture and that's the unleashing and unveiling of the Universal Hip-Hop Museum in uh, New York City and our own, our good friend Miranda Wrights, she was tapped to uh, record a song for uh, a CD that they're going to release in commemoration of that. And she hit us up man she hit us up for a beat we threw a one she rhymed on top of it and it got into the project it looks like it got onto the cd so if you want to hear the song just search for miranda Wrights, and you'll and you hear the song you'll also see the credit under the track it says (laughs) it says produced by scott pearson so hey you know that's the legit you know that's the official (laughs) you know what i'm saying miranda wright scott pearson collab let's go
3: people you know and uh i know we're taking this outro a little long we appreciate everybody for sticking around but if you really want to understand how the light podcast started it started with scott and uh the light podcast had nine episodes before scott revamped it and uh brought on myself and we took it to where it is right now today but those first nine episodes if you have the time go back and check them out and everything on those episodes is pretty much produced by scott when you hear the different artists we have on here um like the beat that emoti Lee freestyled over earlier uh which was completely dope that freestyle was freaking off fire i mean I don't, it was ridiculous that beat is a scotch chocolate is a scott pearson beat so you know when you hear a lot of the stuff that we do on the show you know it's it really goes back to scott's appreciation and love for music you know what i mean so really check out what he has going on i think you know he is i don't want to call him an up-and-coming producer because you know i don't know if he wants to be known as that i think he likes to like podcasts plus i don't want to lose him to uh just uh-huh. people's producer because uh i think he will get i think he will get a lot of money from uh that side of the fence but uh stay with the show man don't get hollywood on me scott
2: never that man never that this is this is this is our thing, you know what I mean? So, I appreciate you, those first nine episodes. You know, all three listeners that I had back then. <laughs> I was one of them. All, all three of you guys, I appreciate it. <laughs> but, yeah, hey, love y'all, appreciate y'all, TLP. We out. Peace.